0: What's up, guys? My name's Nick. I'm alongside here, AJ and Dan. Um, you know, we're three huge Ranger fans just trying to, you know, talk about hockey. You know, we we love talking about the sport. We talk all the time. We're on the phone all the time. We text all the time. So we're like, why not make this into a podcast? So welcome to the Ranger Things podcast. Um, so we're starting the 2023-24 season this week. Very, very excited for that. Um, So... AJ and Dan, you guys have checked out the rosters, right? You know what's going on? Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right. So what do you guys think about the roster moves? What do you guys think about Will Will Co- Cooley making the roster? What do you guys think about, you know, where Lafreniere is going to fit in? What do you guys, you know, I'll pull up the progressions in a second on my computer. Uh, but just kind of give me your first thoughts. We'll start with AJ.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I did not expect Will Cooley to make the team whatsoever. Um, I thought it'd probably be a little better for him to go to the AHL, get seasoning similar way. Like we're always talking about Offman. People have had this delusion that he was going to make the team out of camp. Listen, I love the kid. I'm happy. He's going to be getting first line minutes in the AHL. Um, But as far as will Cooley goes, man, the fact that you have the coach coming out and saying this kid really deserved a spot in the lineup really goes to show the type of preseason that he had, um, We've been talking about him for years. Rangers fans in general have been talking about him for years. Uh, We've been really excited to have what we think is pretty decent hands can add a pinch of scoring touch to our bottom bottom lines. So I'm really excited about Will Cooley making the team Um, another young kid getting a chance which again I figured we'd be giving all these opportunities to the guys we signed in the offseason but really excited for him. Um, As far as Alexi Lafreniere goes I'm not going to be the Rangers fan that's You know, beating on the walls is, oh, my God, this kid looks awful because of preseason. Listen, I think we all have a little bit of concerns when it comes to Alexi Lafreniere. But that being said, this kid has a fresh opportunity with a brand new coach, a coach that actually has practices, schemes, tactics. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do with a coach who's actually coaching. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this season as a Rangers fan, for sure.
2: And I like uh and I like some of the things you brought up, AJ, actually. Um the first thing that I actually really I wanna just want to circle back to that point actually. I think that's a great point that you brought up about uh Laviolette saying this kid deserves it. And you know, Laviolette's an established head coach. I mean, this guy's won a championship. Um, you know, he does have that reputation. He can grind down he can grind down people a little bit, kinda like he's kind of a little bit of a mixture of some of the guys that they've had pretty recently in the past with like you know, uh, like like Gallant and and Quinney and and it's kind of like a mixture of all those guys and Torts as well, because you know Torts really grinded guys down. You know, and he can be kind of a hard O in that way. But you know, I, for him to say that Will Cooley definitely deserved to be on this team, and you know they did do a lot this offseason. They bought in, um, and it's a little concerning. I mean, seeing that they kind of got a little they, they kind of got bludgeoned by that team speed of the devils in that short seven game series. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they, so you turn around and bring in, you know, Blake Wheeler, who is an older player, um, Gustafson, who I, I think people will like towards the end of the year. I think people will like Gustafson towards the end of the year. Um, Hell, I'm uh, but you out. bring a Benino. I mean, you bring a Benino. So like, you're, you're not bringing in guys who are speed demons and a little bit of youth, you know, the way you see across the river right now, who who gave you trouble in a seven game series. Um, but, but, so I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely excited about Cooley making this team. I do think he gives them a little bit of everything in the bottom six and some youth. But you know, I, I'm kind of excited about the whole Gustafson thing. I, I think people are going to like him a little bit more than than uh you know Nick. I mean, you, you're nodding your head. I mean, you go you go ahead. I mean,
0: yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I listen. I think Eric Gustafson is going to be one of the most low key best signings of the offseason. I think he's a solid. What he's be, be your bottom six pairing, so I think it's a solid pickup. He has won before in this league, he has a lot of experience in the playoffs, and you know what? He brings an edge that you don't have to this game, and he's an established defender, which they really haven't had in that sixth spot in a while. They've been kind of testing things out for a few years now, giving Zach Jones a chance. You know, I know Miko Love was a great pickup last year, and I was a big fan of Miko Love. He was solid for them last year, you know, but having that veteran presence will be huge, and hopefully that'll help Brady Shanner's game go up. Miko was a, a younger guy. So I think that was kind of like what may have been a problem. I don't want to say it was a problem, but, you know, maybe they meshed well together, but they weren't, they didn't have the experience factor. So I think Gus's experience factor is going to be a huge positive for, especially for Snyder.
2: And that's something I did want to bring up. Um, You know, I was a big fan of Mikko last year. I know he was kind of seen as a little bit of a throw in, Uh, you know, Mm. uh, you know, I definitely want to ask you guys, now that we're kind of talking about some of the roster projections, um, you know, will they miss Nico Nicola? I mean, you know, like I said, he was kind of a quote throw-in in that Tarasenko deal, and you know, people are kind of like, oh, we're just getting this guy. You know, you kind of feel like oh, it was just a, just kind of a, you know, you know, numbers crunch or roster, you know, you know, cap crunch sort of deal. No, like this guy really added a lot to the unit, and I know he, you know, he kind of jettisoned off to Florida this past summer. He got a nice little three-year, nine million dollar, eight million dollar deal. It's a nice signing for them. They could really use him, but, um, you know, I, I. Do you guys think they will, you know, you know, how do you, you know, AJ, you know, AJ Nick, how do you guys kind of feel about about uh, you know, that little hole? Because Mikola Loki provided a little bit more offensively than I think he got credit for, too.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I personally I think he was steady. You know, the, the problem with Mikola is the Rangers were never gonna be able to afford him with everything that we had to do in the offseason, right? You had yes. to address a number of spots in the bottom lineup. Um, you know, that we were just talking about, that rotating door with uh, Braden Schneider. You know, this poor kid is, you know, one day it's, it's Ben Harper, the next day it's Mikola, the next day it's, this poor kid hasn't had a steady defensive partner, I feel like. Johnny for, Brzezinski. Like most of the, the time that he's been playing. So I do think Gustafson, going back to Gustafson, just to, you know, going back to him, I think I think he was a great signing for a number of reasons, right? You have a guy that's played for Laviolette, a guy who knows La Violette's system. So easing in a young kid, a young kid like Braden Schneider is going to be easier because if let's say there's a defensive mistake made by Braden Schneider, Guffson can go up to him and say, listen, I've been playing in this system for a little while. Like you guys spoke about, he's an experienced veteran. He could say, OK, this is what you should have. This is what our system, you should have been looking to do versus this is what you did, right? So you have that little bit of veteran leadership. And let's also talk about the fact that Gustafson in the preseason, all over Twitter, I'm seeing in practice, Gustafson on the second power play unit, scoring a goal, cleaning up a rebound. Like, I think people are sleeping on how much offense Gustafson can bring to that bottom pairing. You know, like, for me, I was content if you were to just gotten a very defensive guy, right? Like, so for example... Like a Ty Emberson, the guy that we sure. lost that was picked up sure. uh, on waivers from San Jose. Or two went to San Jose, rather. You know, he was defensive defenseman of the year in the CHL or wherever he was last, right? So if you would have given me just a defensive option, I would have been super happy. But knowing that Gustafson has that defensive pedigree um, with also a little bit of offense sprinkled in, I think that's incredible. And I think the fact that we got him for, what, $800,000 when this guy was traded— didn't Toronto trade like a first-round pick for this guy at the deadline this past season? He was part
0: of a big deal for them this past season. Yeah, he was a part of that. Whatever that big Toronto trade was, forget who else they got returned for that. He wasn't Ryan a O'Reilly.
2: Book. No.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think it's Ryan O'Reilly. No. That it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. I'll. I'll but no, I'll. he was a big. Yeah, he was a big part of that. Um. So here's another. I got another for you guys. So, you know, I love Vince Mercagliano. He's my. I fucking follow him on Twitter. I follow Molly Walker on Twitter. And I just cursed. should have done that. Either way. Um all good, baby. You know. (laughs) Either way. Um, I have the practice lines for today and I'll read them, read them out to you and see what you guys think. So I want to talk about the additions of Bonino, Pitlick, and Wheeler, especially. Um, so first line I got Cryder's Jack Kako. Next line I got Panarin Hito Coil. Oh my gosh. So I got the line I've name. Cooley. Uh Laf, Trochak, Wheeler, Laf on the wet on the left side here, so that's a big note. Um, and you Bonino and Pitlick. VC's is was the odd guy out in that lineup. Uh, you got Lindgren, Fox, Miller, Trubert, and Schneider, and Jones is the odd guy out for the defenseman. I can send this. I'll send this tweet to you guys. Um, but you know, I think a very important thing here is that you know I think that their fourth line got deeper and better. I think that these guys, especially with Bonino, who can win faceoff, which is huge. I think they're going to throw those guys out there, and people are going to be like, you know, when you play come playoff time, you always have that one line that bothers you. That can be that line that bothers people. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I just I love the idea of having more depth and more veteran leadership. And these guys, Pitlick is a quick guy, man. He's always been a solid player. He's never had a huge season offensively, but he always does the little things. He always is like a pest, which I love. And I so think I don't know and I, mean.
2: I think that's what that Rangers team actually last year was kind of missing. Um they it, it's funny, I know it's 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 gonna sound a little weird. I I I kinda actually think they missed Ryan Reeves. I kind of missed the, I think they kind of missed Ryan Reeves last year, which is, it's funny. I mean, there was no room for him. There was no spot, but you know, I mean, a few years back when, you know, Tom Wilson was, you know, beating this team up left and right. And they had made that, you know, they had, you know, and James Dolan to come out and, you know, the, the front office and that whole thing, you know, that whole thing where they come out and say, we're going to get tougher. We're going to, we got to, we got to get, we gotta get it, it, I, I feel like at times when I watch the Rangers, especially last season and that's, Something that I had actually had a little bit of concern about going into this year is there they sometimes doesn't it feel like they don't have enough guys that are willing to do some of uh, those little dirty things that when it comes down to that short series, that sixteen game season that we all talk about, like that that matters. like those little things matter. It's like, you know, in any other sport, like, you need the guy who's going to dive on the floor in the NBA, who's going to get that fifty-fifty ball on the floor, or you know, you're going to need, you know, you know that 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 wide receiver that's going to be willing to block, you know, in the run game, like things like that. And I, I just feel like there was times where the Rangers really missed that. And you know, if you guys, you know, you guys feel free, you know, feel free to kind of chime in. You know, AJ, Nick, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, for me personally, I think Ryan Reeves, the player. As a person, he was missed. I do think yes. that when the Rangers had him on the team, obviously as his play on the ice was not what he was there for, right? So you're no. almost sacrificing a roster spot for the sake of a better locker room and for the sake of everybody gets to go out there and play a little bigger because they know that if somebody steps to one of them, you got Ryan Reeves in the corner, the baddest guy in the NHL. Nobody's going to want to say anything to you with that, that guy, you know, knowing that guy is over there and that can
2: ran right away.
1: Yeah, like right you know right. like um going back to Benino and all them you you were talking about the lines from before <sighs> to to be honest I like what I've seen from Cooley so far. Yes. I don't know that I'm ready to give him the second line spot that we're seeing uh via Vince Mercagliano for the practice lines. Um again like we talked about before I do think he brings a little bit of everything for sure. But for me being a rookie I don't know. I, I would personally rather see Lafreniere. And yeah, for me, he's a first overall pick. I might force feed him a little bit of time on the second line. I do think Kako has that right wing, top line spot, completely solidified. I don't think he should be moved yeah. from there whatsoever. I love Kako's game. That
0: site the other day? No way, man. That site was filthy.
1: It was filthy? And not that for was, nothing, yeah. like... He's the best right winger you have. He's a young kid that needs more time, so let's put him on the top line with Kreider and Zibanejad. He has done everything to earn it. I know the points weren't exactly there for Kako last year, but you know we're, we were all so encouraged last year just by seeing him hold on to pucks, making passes, literally skating around with the puck until a passing lane open. Like, Kako deserves yep. that top spot. As far as that second line goes, I wouldn't mind seeing Lafreniere go on the right side. Um, I do think... Yes, it's been a little slow in preseason thus far, but yeah. we he's a first overall pick, man. He Listen, if you look at all his highlights, I was watching some of his uh, junior highlights last night. This kid was drafted number one overall for a reason. You know, this is a kid that scored, what, 137 points or 30-something points in junior? Like, that happens for a reason. I understand in junior, it's different, right? You got bigger, bigger ranks. You got kids who aren't as talented. You know, not NHL mm-hmm. talent, right? Yeah. But there's flashes of that kid in there. He Still got to go some, out there
2: and put up the points, brother.
1: He made some electric, electric plays yep. in junior. So I know he has that deep down in there. I'm not giving up on Lafreniere just yet. Uh, nope. Again, Me I'm either. giving him all the minutes to succeed yeah. possible. So. You know
2: you know what, actually? Go ahead, Nick. I want you to go. I'm
0: sorry. That's a big thing to talk about, though, because Lafreniere has been like – so, as much as it's, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and I want him to do super well, he's been disappointing. You know, I feel like that's a very big thing. So, you okay. know, yeah, Dan, I know you're going to talk about that. So I think that's a huge conversation I, point here because I actually, yeah. has been a disappointing number one overall pick, and I wish
2: i have seen more out of him. But doesn't mean I'm giving up on him. So let's go ahead, Dan. But I actually think AJ brought up a really good point. And, you know, to kind of, you know, because we're, we're you know, we're not always, we're not all just hockey guys. You know, we, we love, we love pretty much every sport. And so comparison, it's kind of like what you're, you know, it's kind of like what you're seeing. um, It's kind of like what you're seeing on the other side of town with Zach Wilson, you know, like I, I kind of think, you know, when you brought up with Kako and, and Lafreniere and getting more of those top six minutes and getting sort of like, you know, I I feel like Laviolette when, he, you know, when his, you know, when he talked this summer to the media, he kind of hinted at you, you got to let these kids kind of go. You got to let them play and. Uh, and it, it, sometimes it's not just, you know, when, when, would just Oh, let's just change the lines, just change the lines. That's it. Just change the lines. It's no, I mean, may, maybe these kids need more run and you know, it, it, and it's, you know, again, going back to the whole Zach Wilson thing, like they, you know, on Sunday night football against the chiefs this past weekend, you saw him throw, you know, get the, be to be throw the ball more, you know, just don't turn it over this and that, you know, kind of going back to Kako and Lafreniere. I think maybe they just need that. Just, Hey, you know what? You're a top six forward. Go out there and just—that's your spot. That is your spot. Don't worry about making a mistake here or there. We'll take an extra mistake here or there. If you're gonna—if you're gonna snipe the puck, you way to snipe the puck the other night, Kako and Lafreniere. If you're gonna make five great passes that sets up, you know, a couple, you know, a couple extra goals, you know, we'll, we'll take, you know, we'll take a we'll take a one or two turnovers as long as it's not right in front of our net. But
1: and as long as it's not directly leading to a goal, right? Which yes, is, of course. That's what we saw on Twitter the other day. People were were going crazy because Lafreniere, you know, it was a long play, right? The clip was of Lafreniere um, not skating hard enough on the back check on what ended up being a goal, right? Now, but if you look at the whole not clip, at first, you're seeing 30 seconds, right, or 20 seconds. You're just seeing him not get back on the back check. But from my understanding, now I didn't get to see that entire game. There was about a minute where he was on the ice and they were trying to create offense. And yes, I do want to see him back check a little harder there, but it's not the full context, right? Like you, everybody's freaking out about the preseason. This is a team that is again, has a new coach is learning a new system. You know, this isn't like Gallant, where it's, Hey, go out there, uh, work harder. If we work harder, we'll be better. Like, that's cool and all, but at the at the end of the day, for some of these teams, you need a strategy. You saw Gallant's strategy, strategy or lack thereof, completely oh vanish when it came to playing the Devils, because once the Devils figured out what the Rangers were doing past postseason, they were able to adjust, and that was the biggest problem with Gallant. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing that LaViolette brings to this team. Yes, give he the kids to- minutes. He's going to be able to adjust, and we're going to be just fine.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's the biggest point right there is everybody's like, oh, the Rangers are done. The Rangers are finished. You know, they're not going to be good this year. And I'm like, hold on. I'm like, first of all, you're going to tell me that Pittsburgh's old ass is going to beat the Rangers. I don't think so. Either way, because that's the team they are talking about now in that division. But the biggest point you said there is that a really didn't coach from what I've heard, what I've seen on Twitter, what I've heard in interviews, that he was a good players coach. Like he could talk to the guys and knows what they went through because he was a former player. But like you said, he made no adjustments ever. You know, and something that stood out to me is when you're in the middle of a playoff, when you were up 2 nothing in a series, and you're now down 2-2, and the GM comes down to talk to you, and you guys are in a screaming match in a locker room where all your players can hear that, how do you think they're going to react? How do you think they're going to play? They're even lucky they won game six. The key to that game was that they scored the first goal. That was, oh, well, or they, they took, had a lead at some point. That was the key. But that's that's the thing. It's like Now you have a coach Peter who has done it before. He has a system. He knows how to coach kids. He's coached a lot of young kids. I mean, it, it's wild to see. I'm trying to think of what's the. There's a couple of young kids on Washington last year that really, really stepped up. Like uh, Feravari was really good for him last yes. year.
2: Solid, yeah. man.
0: You know, and um, and he's and then I mean, look at look at how uh, look at how he did in 2006 with that team too. A uh, young Eric Stahl thrived under him. Thrived. Absolutely. I mean, he has had experience doing this, and the, hopefully lot for now gets coached up, you know, and I know he's probably not used to it because he's had, he went from David Quinn to Gallant, who both those guys, I mean, Quinn, I think pushed him a little bit harder, which is, was not good for him. And Quinn really didn't do a great job with that team, to be honest with you. I thought he, I guess there was a lot more behind the scenes that we yeah, didn't know I also about. also think so Quinn was just okay. being asked
2: to take some L's, like just to wear out. Yes, 100%. 100%. I, that, that, I remember uh, that was that transition time where they were trying to, you know, they sent out the letter. They sent out, you know, they're yeah. how do we, you know, how do we gracefully, get Henrik lundquist out of here you know we, we can't keep carrying three goaltenders so i think quinney was just kind of asked to take some l's but nick yeah. i actually think you brought up some good points in regards to you know you know I, I i about the preseason um you know i i am excited about this team still i i'm still very excited yeah. i still think they're a good team you know i still think they will be well built for 82. you know i do still wonder you know going back to earlier you know earlier in you know the pod you know i, I I, I do know. I do think they'll still struggle with teams like Jersey, possibly Toronto, possibly Boston. You know, barring that they did choose guys like Benito Wheeler, Benito and Wheeler. Uh, you know, and, and and you know Gustafson over. You know, maybe a minor youth movement, or you know, maybe trading away a spare part like Zach Jones, and you know, s- you know, for some speed at the bottom six. But uh, you know, you know, you did mention Pitlick. I mean, that that is possible. Uh, you know, and. You know, you you just worry about and going back to AJ when you said the, the Lafreniere not really you felt like he didn't skate. You know, a lot of people on Twitter were calling him out for not skating back or X now. Sorry, guys, it's X, not Twitter. And <laughs> <laughs> and um, not going back and skating back. You know, I, I, I do you know, I do still worry about, you know, you know, them, you know, their forechecking, and their backchecking to, you know, grind a team down like New Jersey, you know, in, in a short series and. You know, I, I I still think they can be one of the top two teams in the Metropolitan Division. I still think yeah. they can be they can compete with New Jersey and Carolina um for that top spot. My key, and I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, it's gonna come down to can the Rangers and it's gonna sound funny, but can the Rangers get twenty of can the Rangers get twenty to twenty four points versus teams like Columbus, Philadelphia, and Washington? Oh, hundred percent. It sounds funny because you probably don't think either one of those three teams will be in in the dance at the end of the year after 82 games. But you know we see this all the time, especially in you know uh, you know I'll reference another sport like baseball. I mean I, I, I mean you see especially before they changed the schedule this past year, you played 19 divisional games, and you know you know teams like you know in the AL East and the NL East, it was always who could beat up on the Marlins, who could beat up on the Nationals in a rebuild, who is who could beat up on those 100 loss Oriole teams. Though And, you know, if you lose to those teams and you don't take those teams seriously, those losses do pile up. And guess what? Now you're it's, it's game one on the road again in New Jersey, or it's game one on the road again in Carolina in round one yeah. because you're in the third spot in the Metro, or you have to go over to the Atlantic side of the bracket. Maybe you have to go to Boston for round one. So you got to take these games. You got to take those teams seriously. Yeah, no, 100%.
1: 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's like any sport, you know, like. We, we see it commonly in football all the time. You know, oh, you're like, I don't know about you guys, but we just had Thursday Night Football. There was no part of me that thought that Chicago was going to beat the Commanders. But at the end of the day, you can't take any team lightly. You got to strap up the boots and you got to get out there and work. Right. And so, yes. you know, we saw an upset on Thursday. And I think the Rangers, the Rangers aren't in a position where they can take any team lightly.
2: I agree. You know, that no.
1: This is after what happened last year, losing a coach, you know, firing the head coach, now having a new coach after the year prior where we were in the Eastern conference finals, there's a lot of pressure on this team. And AJ,
2: not only did they get, not only, not only did they fire the coach, it almost felt like the players were kind of behind that. Yeah, no, 100%, yeah hundred percent. It kind of felt no. like the players were like, Hey, we don't want this guy anymore. Like it kind of just, Maybe I'm wrong, but it kind of felt that way.
1: No, oh, I mean, listen, yeah, we, well, we've sure. seen it. We've seen it so much when we were talking about the exit interviews, right? Like how many players were outright, not directly, but as indirectly as possible, saying we would like some sort of voice. We want a coach. Right. Yep. So I remember I was listening. I didn't get to finish listening to Vince's podcast the other day. New White City. Shout out Vince Marcagliano, yeah. That guy's awesome. Um, <laughs> He's great. Yeah, <laughs> I love that guy, man. Um, but he was talking about. <laughs> the players as hard as some of these practices have been, it's been something that they've all been looking forward to right because under Galant there wasn't as much practice time and if there was practice time, supposedly the practices were like 20 minutes. you know whereas Laviolette and I do think having the one in six preseason as much as my 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 devil's friend, my devil's fan buddy wants to let me know that we went one and six in the preseason as a matter of fact, oh, I'm right. kind of happy. Because preseason doesn't matter, right? If anything, I'd rather them lose because they're learning a new system. You can look at all the tapes of all the losses and say, this is where we can improve as a team, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, I'm super excited for this team. I think there is a lot of pressure to perform. Unfortunately, they're playing in a market uh, and under an owner, uh, you know, James Dolan, who there's not a lot of time. When you're on one of the biggest stages in the entire NHL or just in the world. We love you, don't don't ban us from MSG, please, yes, for any love of love you comments. so much. Um, <laughs> I um, just but wanted my to point, know if
2: he ever sees this. I love you, and MSG is the best place on earth. It's fantastic. That's but, true. MSG is definitely the <laughs> best place on earth.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, again, I just I just think in New York, there's just so much pressure to perform. And again, after going to the Eastern Conference Final two years ago, I do think this team knows that they need to have a little pep in their step. I do think they have the tools to get it done. I think they know that they're all getting older, so they know they need to get it done now. And I honestly am very, very confident and proud and happy to root for this team. This for coming sure.
0: Team. I mean, so one thing I thought about with that devil series is how good Igor was. And like he's the most important thing. The Rangers, and I love lot understands that. He needs to preach to his team, listen, guys, we need to push and push hard at the beginning of the game. Cause with that guy behind us, if we score three, we're winning seven of ten games every year, every ten games. If that's that's the mindset you have to have, you got to go out there and push early and push hard. They have the offensive talent. Panarin is still fantastic. Everybody that's bagging, oh, he stinks now. He's terrible. He shaved his head because he wanted something new. You know what? That's what he want to do. It's what he wanted to do. He's still one of the best left-wingers in the league, no doubt in my mind. He's still one of the best playmakers in the league. And you know what? I think that you're going to see Zibanejad have a huge year. He might crack 100 points this year, to be honest with you, because he's going to be that good. He is that important to this team. So, so you're so, showing his hit though. Sorry. No, sorry. So Later you go ahead. Speak, I think, Nick. <laughs> you're good. Um, no, so I think that the most important thing is that you got to preach often and early. Get out to a lead. Jump to a lead. Jump to a lead. You have to do that because you know what? You don't want to be playing from behind all the time. As good as the Rangers have been coming back the past two seasons, they've been a comeback team for sure. They set, start slow. And, I mean, remember two years ago when they went to the conference final, every single game it felt like they were behind and they came back and they won. The record yeah, was like – Twenty. It was like twenty. They like had twenty three comeback wins that year, which was, I think, a Rangers record that season. Actually, and always which do that, was, brother. Which was awesome, but you can't always do that. So, with a guy like that behind you, and I think the defense is very, very underrated. I think they have one of the best top six, one of the best defensive pair defensive defensive groups in the league. I don't I care agree. what anybody else says. I think they I have one of the best.
2: The I actually league. agree, and um, you know, I I agree, and I actually think, I actually think that could be a big X factor for this year. Uh, I mean, you know, uh. Just kind of going, you know, just kind of think about you know, because I actually think that's a big x factor, starting fast. you know, can this team start a little bit faster this year? That's an x factor, but you bring up Panarin, and first off, I do believe in the whole shaved head thing getting rid of bad demons occurred. I- I'm with it, okay. I'm with it, guys. it lo- he looks he looks he looks he looks different, and we love our but <laughs> But I missed um, the I'll locks,
1: man. I've missed uh, I the miss, locks, Yeah, man, I mean, we're gonna
2: miss it. We're gonna miss it. I'm with it, you on listen. that. Listen,
1: you gotta sometimes Whoa. shave away the bad
2: juju. So, you gotta, go ahead. listen, hey. if if he shaves away the bad juju, and that guy has 28 goals and 91 assists, and is a you know plus 20, and is giving a little bit more defensively, and is in his top three in the Art Ross voting, bro, bro, you can you can shave your head, and shave your whole body if that's what you got to do. Sign me but, up. Um, yeah. But listen, I, I mean, and I know, and I know, Nick, you actually brought it up. It's funny with the whole Panarin thing. Um, I actually think, that, you know, with the whole Panarin thing, oh, this guy's this and that because he had a bad postseason and all his points came in, yeah. all his points mm-hmm. came when, with the man advantage or a two-man advantage. Well, that's my biggest X factor for this year for this team about the team success. We talked about this for years, five-on-five five scoring. And it's easy to point to Lafreniere and obviously the health of Ryan Lindgren is everything. We've all seen the numbers with him on the ice versus without him in the lineup. And, you know, and I know Lafreniere needs to probably go from that 40 point range to that 60, 65 point range. And, you know, they can't keep giving him bridge deals and this and that, but five on five scoring is what takes a good team. Like the Rangers have been the last few years to a Stanley cup winning team. And that's where this team needs to go. listen, you know, hockey power index on ESPN.com has this team, has the Rangers have a 10.2 percent ch- chance to win the Stanley Cup this year, which I believe is the third highest. So it's they're very high. so it's very high. Ch- right. So this is this team can be special. It can be, but they have to find a start way to score five on five. It, it, you know, they 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 can't. You know, in 82 game season, you know sometimes it's the third of four nights or it's a back to back. So like. People get lazy. You know, people on the other side take bad penalties. Sometimes it's bad teams and they're not as talented, this and that. When you get into that short series, guys, uh, you know, they were able to capitalize on all those power plays against Pittsburgh, against Carolina, especially in that series a couple years ago against Tampa in the first three games and all of that. And even against New Jersey when they won those games 5-1 and games 1 and 2 with the Rock, you know, they they were capitalizing on a whole bunch of power plays. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to the 5-on-5, guys, they weren't good. No,
1: no. And you, and you can't, that's not a formula for success. You can't say, Oh, we're going to score on the power play and we're not going to give up uh, goals on the penalty kill. Right. But I do think Laviolette brings that right. We, I know his numbers, I believe when I was reading, I don't think his numbers were significantly better at five on five, but he is more so of a, he was better at five on five. Let's just say that that's the easiest statement we can make. There's tactical adjustments like we talked about before. So uh, again I mean I think we're going to be better at 5 on 5 I think the good thing about Laviolette especially is that he's going to be the kind of coach where if you're not performing either 5 on 5 or defensively or offensively he's going to give it to you right and and I think that's what this Rangers team has been lacking a little kick in the in the you know where um and I think Laviolette brings that and I think we will be better because of it for sure
0: yeah no 100% 100% no uh I think that's going to be the biggest so I think that LaViolette actually coaching these guys is going to be a huge difference in this team. I mean, I've, I've heard and I've seen a lot more just in practice. And even in the post-game interviews, Galat would just, like, shrug everything off. LaViolette's going at these guys because he he knows the importance of winning in this city. You know, and he and he's won before. And he wants to take that team to that next level. So when they were going through the hiring process and LaViolette was there, I was like, you know what? I wouldn't be mad about it. Maybe he's not my top choice at the time. But then they were talking about John Hines. They were talking about this guy and that guy. And I'm like, give me Peter your lobby please. Dude, do thank oh. God yeah. it's not John Hines. Hey. He is lucked out. Uh, hey. No, so I'm good. I think that that's going to be a huge thing. Is that he's going to coach these guys up? So you already hear it in practice. Apparently, these guys have worked harder in practice this in these past three weeks than they had all last year in practice. Which that to me is a problem in Galan. That's a huge issue. So and what a statement that is, right? Yeah, that's yeah, a pretty that's, damning statement, man. That's pretty damning. Yeah, 100%. No, so I think that they're going to end up coming out and they're going to be a lot better. They're going to start slow. I've always had this philosophy of watching the Rangers play. My philosophy is take it 10 games at a time. Be 500 or better in every 10-game stretch, and you're going to have your stretches where you're going to be like 8-2 or 7-2-1 and one, or 8-1-1. Yeah, I mean, one. One. You're going to have, gonna have their, those stretches. Yeah, this team will you know? have their big stretches. So Absolutely. always make your goal. I would say if the Rangers are ever 500 at any point in a 10-game stretch, that's not great. If you do that once, you're fine. 10 game stretches, you have to be 500 or better every time. Have to.
2: Because if you're not
0: be 500 or better, you're not going to, you're not going to go, you're not going to make the playoffs. So they need to remember. Uh, that's my, if I was a coach, that would be my philosophy. Boys, I know we might have stretches where it's tough and we might not have great stretches, but just always push to be 500 or better in those 10 game stretches. Because you're going to have a run where they're going to go play hard and they're going to play really good hockey. They're going to put up five goals a game at one point this year. And it's going to be like a 11 or 12 game stretch where they're like nine, nine, two and 2 or whatever it is and you're like holy crap they're playing good hockey because they have that capability it's just remembering after that stretch that like hey like you know we gotta keep playing this and we have to keep playing that way because if we're ever gonna go down lower and the most and I don't care anybody says everybody's like oh it's early in the season you have to have a 500 better record after the first 22 games have to if right. you're gonna be under 500 and you're setting yourself back to start the year you need a run in order to get there I hate that. I hate that whole idea. Give yourself, keep yourself in the conversation early. You don't have to be great. You don't have to be the best team in the league. Just be there because you're going to go on a run at some point. This team is too good and too talented. They're not going to run at any point this season. So that's if I'm the lobbyist, that's what I'm preaching. I'm saying, guys, we are too good. We are too talented. Make sure we are playing hockey all the time. We're going to have our stretches. It's not going to be great. At the beginning of the year, we might not have. We might not start off nine and three. We might end up starting off six five and one or five six and one, whatever it is. But just keep the consistency there, and it's going to work. So I and think I that agree. that's going to be something
2: egregious. And I love and I love that you brought that up, Nick. I I absolutely love that you brought that up. So I'm previewing. So I'm, I was kind of previewing this week's games. You know, they have they have Buffalo and Columbus this week coming up. Uh-huh. So they open up they open up in Buffalo on Thursday night, and I actually kind of that's actually a, that's actually a fun interesting game because you know. Listen, Buffalo has real playoff aspirations for the first time in 11 years. I mean, they've finally gotten up off of, off under the mat from from all just the. I don't even know what was happening there, man. Like, they were just signing guys just to sign guys, it felt like. And they were just putting Flocksome and jetsum together. But, like, they, it, it, you know, Buffalo on the other side this week, they're going to view you as a pretty big litmus test. I mean, yeah. they, it's their home opener, and they're fancying themselves as a playoff team this year and the Rangers fancy themselves as a stand, uh, a Stanley cup contender and Rasmus Deline uh, in Buffalo is going to be my pick for Norris. And, and, and I actually think they're going to be, yeah, I actually think he's going to, I think he's going to do it. I think Rasmus Deline is going to have an a hundred point season for that team. And they're going to be one of the top three spots in the Atlantic actually. And especially if Devin Levi is who they think he is and he's that last missing piece for them to being a legit contender. Cause I mean, Tage Thompson is awesome. Alex Tuck's a nice player. Like they got, they got dogs. They're starting to put that. They're really starting to put yeah. it together, and they can really compete with Boston, Florida, you know, Toronto. And I, I'll give, I'll give the Lightning the respect that they deserve. I mean, they've made, I mean, they've made four Stanley Cups in the last nine years. I know Vasilevsky's probably not going to play until mid-January. Uh, yeah. You know, they definitely, serve, you know, deserve the benefit of the doubt. But you know, that's actually a nice opening game. And then, you know, again, going back to the whole, who, you know are the Rangers going to beat up on the bottom feeders of the East? You know, you have Columbus on Saturday. They have to be 3-0-1 against that team this year, man. They have to. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, for sure. That's the minimum. At least they have to be at least 3-0-1. And yeah. I know Columbus had that weird, Mike Babcock situation. And,
1: man, let me see your phone, man.
2: Uh, uh, you yeah, know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, coach. I don't know about all that.
1: <laughs> Surprised you guys didn't pick up on that immediately.
2: Yeah, that's why go, I said yeah, yeah no. You guys <laughs>
1: stared
2: at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. For a second, I was just like, yeah, I don't know about that, coach. <laughs> uh, I, listen, I'd have the same reaction if my, if my coach was Mike Babcock. And you'd be like, let me see your phone. I'd have the same reaction I just did. Trust me, I picked uh, it up. I'd be like, huh? <laughs> Bro, to, what? Add on,
1: to add on to what you were saying, I, I don't take Buffalo lately. If we're going to go into like the preview of like, you know, the upcoming week and who we're playing, I don't take Buffalo lately. I think that kid Devin Levi is an absolute baller. I think he's a player. I think he is exactly what they've been looking for in net for the past. I don't even know how many years since Ryan Miller has been playing for the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Um, I do think they have talent up and down that lineup now. You you were talking about Rasmus Dahlin. They have a they have a defensive core that also had another first-round pick in Owen Power. Owen Power, they, yeah. Power. You got a defensive stalwart oh, like uh, Matias Samuelson. That team is good. Tage Thompson having a come-out party last year, scoring, what, like 90-something points and making people yeah. look silly in the he process? That. He yeah. embarrassed he's all
2: awesome, last year. He's so awesome, and he's a
1: big I, dude. Yeah, he. That's it. So that deep, that boy dude. is not. That boy is not going down easily. I no, think that team is hell dope. no. I do think. I do think that that is a team that, like you said, is looking to prove themselves. They see the Rangers, like you said, as a as a, as a litmus test, right? And yeah. we all think the Rangers are good. And they, if you're the Buffalo Sabers, part of you has to be thinking, okay, everybody thinks that this team is going to the Stanley Cup, the Rangers, the Rangers. Everybody's talking about the Rangers. We want to go out and show them that we're legit too. Right. So as much as I, I want and hope and think the Rangers will win based on how preseason went, based on how the last season went, but you still got to go out there and strap up the boots against a team that is also trying to, again, prove themselves as playoff team contenders, etc. I agree with you when it comes back to Columbus as well. I think that's a team that, you know, they were expecting to have a different coach coming in this time of the year. Right. So. They literally found out that, that he was resigning. Everything that happened that unfolded in Columbus, what was Light it Mike
2: took over on the was, 17th of September. I mean, yeah, that's not long exactly. ago. That
1: was two days before training camp, though. No?
2: Training camp. Basically yeah. training camp.
1: Yeah, so yep. I, I think that's a team, like you said, you got to go 3-0-1 against. Um, yeah. uh, so I don't really see – I do think, though, that Columbus has some players coming up. I don't know if David uh, Juracek is going to play this year, but – they have some young guys. They're trying to build something. So you can't take them yeah. lightly either, but I do think no. that's a very winnable game. And I think the Rangers yeah. by the end of this week could be either one and one or two and zero. And if we're all and two, then I hope that there's that they are learning a lot in practice because that is not a good way to start the season.
0: No, for sure. I think that, you know, I think that more of a trap game is that Columbus game than it is a Buffalo game. But I think the Rangers know that Buffalo's gonna come out hard and that they are a good team. They challenged I think they're what all almost all their I think they lost to Buffalo their last game. I think the other two games they played, they went to overtime. So they were not like they were far behind the Rangers last year. They played three or four competitive games against them last season. I think they I mean they were in it.
2: They're aware of that. Pretty much
0: 80 for the wild card. Yeah, they're aware yeah, they're aware of that. So they know they can't take them lightly. See now I I found the Rangers and I hope they don't have this mindset. Columbus could be like, oh, like we can just walk in there, go score four or five goals, and we'll be set. Can't do that. You have to take them seriously, take every game seriously. You have the opportunity to really. I looked at the early schedule for this team. Obviously, this week coming up, we talked about the Sabres and Columbus. You got Arizona, you got Nashville. Then you go to the West Coast hockey. You go to the West Coast Canada trip, which that's going to be a tough trip in itself. So I think the Rangers have the chance to start off three or three and zero oh, or four and zero oh, or three and one. I mean, realistically, you got Arizona coming in the next week, and then you have Nashville. Those are teams that I'm not going to say you're going to beat up on, but these are teams that you can definitely win. And listen, win against, you know, yeah, and so listen, I think you yeah. need to go there early and need to take care of business, especially against Columbus Have to, have to have to.
2: And can yeah. I be honest, bad teams or teams that are kind of fringe wildcard teams like Nashville that you mentioned. And and, and, and I'm not going to call Buffalo a bad team because I actually think Buffalo is going to be in the yeah, top. Good teams, I, I think good the team. I actually I, I thought Buffalo would be a wildcard team. But then the Vasilevsky injury came out and I think they can slot themselves back in. Um, I mean, I know they're in a tough division. But uh, but going going back to what you were saying uh, about you know about the schedule coming up and and you know some of the teams that might be a little bit more towards the bottom of the standings to start the season, those games kind of scare me uh, against bad teams at the beginning of the year. I actually would rather them have a tougher schedule out to start the season and then maybe have a little bit more of those bad teams like having Arizona come in later in the season or or things like that. Just because, listen, we see this in every other sport it takes a little bit for bad teams to realize that they're bad. So they will play up and they will play yeah. up early in the season. Cause the, yeah, it's zero and zero. Everybody has hope. Everybody's fresh. Everybody feels great. You know, uh, you know, things like that. And uh, so playing Arizona at the home opener and having Columbus and Arizona, and then, you know, you have some of these, you know, bottom feeder teams that we, we see maybe a little bit more towards the lottery by the end of the year, at the beginning of the, ske- uh, the schedule, yes, I mean, it'd be great, you know, if we could be, you know, two zero and one or, you know, get five or six points or you get all six points or, you know, bare minimum yeah. four. It, it, you know, it, bad teams that don't know they're bad yet do still scare you because they, they have nothing else to play for, so they'll play up. And sometimes you'll see a good team kind of just roll the sticks, roll the helmets, roll the gloves, ah, we'll win. No, you got like we said, take teams seriously. Take the regular season seriously.
1: Yeah. The so. Rangers
2: should want to start.
0: I mean, every team wants to start this well. The Rangers, it's super important to show how legit they're gonna be. Try and go out and win ten of your first fifteen games. Go and get points in twelve of your first fifteen games. Cause it's very possible. Very, very possible with the start of their schedule. Yes, like you said, you can't you can't take any team lately and you have to take them all seriously. You know, and these teams don't know they're bad yet, which is a yeah. huge point of emphasis. But the Rangers also people are looking at them like, Oh, they'll maybe be a wild card team. I don't see them making the playoffs. It's all I'm hearing, especially from Devil fans that don't even get me started on that that damn team. I can't talk about them because they scare the crap out of me. Um, no, but I just I keep hearing oh, they're not gonna make the playoffs and that I'm like, You guys don't know what you're talking about. One thing I'll let I know AG has a point on this, so I'm gonna let him talk. After this, I want to get into the Blake Wheeler effects. We haven't talked about that at all yet, actually. Which is kind of shocking to me. So, go ahead,
1: AJ. Yeah. Um. So. So, what do you want me? You want me to talk about Blake Wheeler first, talk or about that like
0: that. you? I you were going to say a point before that. So, whatever you're going to say before that, say that first, and then we'll talk about Blake Wheeler after.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, I wanted to get into. I wanted to ask you guys your opinion on where we, where you think we stack up in in the Metro. Um. Where's your prediction for this team? Personally, I have this team going anywhere from, I can. Actually, no. Let me leave that for the bold prediction segment of um of uh, this oh, podcast. Yeah, I, I have
2: a oh, I got a bold prediction. For what a one. tease! <laughs> so realistic, uh, what a tease, man! <laughs> I think we're
1: kind of all in agreement, and I think pretty much the entire league and every fan is in agreement. I see the Rangers being probably somewhere around third in the Metro. I don't know what your guy's opinion is on
2: that. I think the Rangers are going to win the Metropolitan Division this year. Oh god, here we go. Oh no, don't do this, I love no.
1: that. I love that. All <laughs> right. I do. I do. you know what? I think we'll talk win
2: the Metropolitan about the we'll... division in the regular season. Oh my god. You know what? Because I, I think I because because last year is not this year. And yeah. I think the Rangers learned a very hard lesson last year.
1: Yeah. So wait, you, no, you so... expect them. Hold on, hold on. You expect them. Yeah. Sorry. You expect them yeah. by the end of the season to be number one in the Metro. You expect it, or is that like your bold prediction? I, I, I
2: think, think I ex- my expectation. So my expectation is they have game one of the first round on their home ice at Madison Square Garden. So they're either Metro one or Metro two. I love that. That is mine. Absolutely. I, like I yeah. um,
1: actually um, next, no but I had that for the the bold prediction segment of this pod. Um. um so
2: here's
0: my thing.
1: The most important thing that I actually heard from all the interviews
0: and everything, first of all, as much as is the captain, the biggest leader in that locker room, in my opinion, is Chris Kreider. I agree. And hearing him say what he said, it's like you got to go through these hard times to get to where you want to finish. And I don't remember if he talked about Tampa or someone compared about it. Can compare Tampa? Think about what Tampa went through before they won a Stanley, Stanley Cup, man. They went through everything you could think of.
2: They got and, embarrassed by Columbus.
0: You know, yeah. Or, and oh you know what? Oh. They came out there, but then they came out there the next season. They won two in a row. I know yet yeah, listen, the COVID year, I give them a lot more props for that because that, that's harder than doing what they've done in 20 than what they did the year after uh to win this second cup in a row. You know, I think the most important thing is that you have to go through the hardships before you actually get to where you need to be. I think they've gone like, through enough it super vital, it's super important. And I think Chris Kreider made that big point. And you know, I know we are gonna talk about X factor X factors later. But thinking back on it, they were so good in 2021 because Chris Kreider put up 50, 53 goals, 54 goals, whatever that was. He might be the X factor this year for this team. Now, I don't think I'm going to pick him as my X factor, but he's definitely a huge factor. You need him to go out there and put a 40 plus this year. You need him to be your goal scorer. He is not a sniper by any means, but you need him to be a huge, huge, huge
2: factor, especially for the power. Over players. under 39 Dude. and a half. Uh, that's an under for me. I'm going to go over.
1: For Chris Kreider? Uh, it's, it's,
2: Chris Kreider goes over I, under 39 and a half, then.
1: I over. hope to dear God I'm wrong. But that being said, I, I'm a, I'm an under yeah. for that. All right, I, so I, under, I, and then what's I your can, exact number? My exact number is somewhere around 32 to
2: 34. Okay, what's your number, Nick? I think he's ended up with 46, 41. So I'll go over.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Okay, uh, so, no,
0: so I think he's, he's the most important part of this. I think he's the most important part of this offense. I know that people like Chris Avanajan and Panarin, I expect them to be good. You know, it's not going to be a mind-blowing thing. People don't expect this to try to do what he did two years ago. And you know what? I'm not expecting him to go out there and put up 50 goals again. But if he can go out there and he can perform the way he did two years ago, then this team has no reason why it can't finish one or two in the Metro, especially if he's doing that again. That means a power play is going. That means a PK is going. That means he's scoring five on five goals. Like, that's so important. And I think this team's going to end up putting up a lot of points this year. I think this team's going to be filthy on offense. Now, the real testament, the real test, is going to be against like we talked about before, Carolina, New Jersey. Are they going to be able to handle this against those teams? Can they do this stuff against those teams? Because so I think they match up with almost every other team in the East, especially very well. I think the Rangers can handle every other team in the East. The two ones that scare me are Carolina and New Jersey, and those are the two most important teams you got to worry Carolina's about. Carolina's has
2: got a season with Shrestakov.
0: Yeah. No. So it's, that's a big piece. That's a big piece. Gotta, not, if you play them early, you gotta beat them early. You gotta. That matters. Yeah. That matters. Yeah, all
1: those games are gonna matter. But so actually I, I kinda wanna segue into um you know, we had all the topics that we were talking about going into the yeah. podcast. What I wanna talk about players that I'm I'm really excited about. I have three <laughs> yeah. players on on the team that I'm really excited to see this season. Um at the top of my list I have Keandre Miller. I think not only do I have him in fantasy, I've actually picked him up because I'm in a keeper league. I picked him up last year, two years ago, because I knew being a Rangers fan, what this kid was capable of. Right. And we saw Keandre Miller take a step forward last year. Right. Obviously, he had points in the season where defensively he wasn't as good, but he finished the season with, I believe it was 43 points playing in a top four role, you know, I'm looking for Keandre Miller to get some power play time. Hopefully, I'm a. Se- We've already seen it in the preseason. He's getting a little bit of uh, power play time on the second unit. Uh, I wonder if they're going to start uh, switching to a minute for each power play unit, or maybe a minute 15 and then a solid 45 seconds for the second power play unit. But everything I've seen in preseason so far from Keandre Miller leads me to believe that he's going to be having a breakout season. I fully expect and hope to see him getting anywhere from 50 to 60 points, especially because. Wow. He signed a two-year deal in the offseason for 3.9, I believe it was, or 3.5, somewhere in the threes. This kid wants to get paid, right? And he has every opportunity to get get that money. He's playing in a top four he to role. He's important on the PK. If he gets a, a – a, and we're not even talking about the fact – I haven't even brought up yet, rather – He's playing in the preseason a little bit with Adam Fox. If you look on daily faceoff where they show all the lineups for all the different teams, they have Keandre Miller penciled in on the top line. So I'm really excited. I hope he starts shooting a little more because I'd rather have the three points and the two points in fantasy. Give me that power play point, too, baby. Um, I'm really excited for Keandre Miller. Um, at, going into my other two players, I have Capo Kako and Alexi Lafreniere. Um, listen, it. It's no secret that the Rangers go as far as Kapo Kako and Alexi Lafreniere's development, right? How much of a step are they going to take really is what's going to determine how good of a team this team is. I really believe in this team. I think we have good players around them. So it's it's honestly more of a point to emphasize if these players get going, we have a a, a team top to bottom that can score that can be that has a great decor one of the best goalies if not in my opinion obviously we're all biased best goalie in the entire league you know i think kapokako is fantastic we saw him take a step forward last year with holding on to pucks and like i said before creating passing lanes and then alexi lafreniere listen like i was saying before we've seen this kid you know we've seen his junior highlights we've seen him with that nice little nifty uh you know, forehand to throw it over to the backhand, flip it in real quick against Detroit a couple times. We know he's got the talent. These are the players I'm looking to watch out for this season. And these are the players I am so excited to see this upcoming season.
2: Yeah. Oh, you go ahead, Dan. You go first, and I'll say my three. Oh, back yeah. Back sure, back. sure, sure, man. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, you know, like we kind of, we kind of circled, you know, talked about it earlier in the season to definitely about like, you know, Kako and Lafreniere, it, it seems like La Violette's going to buy into those guys a little bit more and kind of, you know, give them a little bit more of the reins, uh, give them a little bit more time. So I, I definitely agree with that. Um, mine might come off as a little bit of a cherry pick, but uh, Artemi Panera, and it's funny. It's Artemi Panera, and it's funny. Um, I, I, like I said earlier in the pod, I believe in the whole shaving the head thing to rid of the demons. I too, I buy into it. It's so, I know it sounds kind of funny, but I do buy into the whole thing. That's real. And I think the whole situation with his family is behind him. And I feel like he, it just feels like for the first time in a while, he can just go out there and play and he could just focus on getting ready for the next season and just play. It just finally felt that way. Right. You know, I think he has kind of heard the noise about him not being able to score five on five and the inability to come up in big spots. And I just have a feeling that's actually why he kind of shaved his head. And uh, I know it's like so funny. It has nothing really to do with anything. It's just, I, I, you know, I, I just think he has a chance to have a big season. And I think the Patrick Kane thing a little bit, you know, it kind of threw him off last year in a big way. It, you know, it kind of never seemed right. Or it felt like – it kind of felt like a square peg in a round hole, you know, taking up roster spots to get him in. And and it was just like they were just throwing them out there together just to kind of throw them out there together. Don't even get me started on that, dude. Don't even get me started on it. Well, you're going to love what I'm about to say because (laughs) – I'm excited. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that
0: afterwards because that pissed me off so much the way they handled that. But go on. I
2: think he finds his way back on this roster at some point. Yeah, I
1: agree. I 100% (laughs) agree. Maybe
2: they get him back together and maybe it was just as special as, you know, when they were in Chicago and they can get back to it and, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I think Patrick Kane is on this roster in January again. I really do. I, you know, I think someone like, I mean, I I know we talked about it before. I think someone like, you know, you know, Pitlick or Benino will end up being the odd man out in that situation where they end up becoming a healthy scratch or something like that. I could see Patrick Kane be back on this roster, man. Yeah, I really too. do, I, and I, know. I think he'd
1: be better. And I think he'd be better too. I mean, this is a I guy that had all season hip resurfacing surgery. Yes. You know, like yeah. I, yes. I do think that we if it's not with the Rangers, wherever he ends up, I I have him in fantasy too. I think he's going to come back a very strong player for sure. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Um, I'll
0: talk about the Patrick Kane thing after we're done with the excited players because I definitely have a comment about how that was all handled. It still bugs me to this day. Um, maybe I won't even talk about that. Maybe it's a waste of my time to talk about it because it frustrates me even to talk about it. But go ahead, Dan.
2: <laughs> I I
0: know that. I, I know. I know. It's not because of Patrick King, because I liked him. It's the way it was all handled and how Drury handled it. I think it was a mistake not putting Lindgren on long-term IR and just having him come back for the playoffs. So that I way you don't have – you, you don't oh, play with 10, ten that, forwards man. for five games in a row in the most important stretch of the season, which cost you home, home ice against the Devils but whatever.
1: Go on. Sorry. Also, exhausted, I mean, no, it it also did. exhausted those players. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. 10 forwards, you know, those two forwards make a difference. That extra defenseman, poor Braden Schneider sitting on the sideline for an entire game. That's gotta be, he's gotta be seeing these guys gassed on the ice and he's just sitting there like, well, I've been told I'm stapled to this bench. So I guess this is what I got to do. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, I'm sure. sorry. Terrible. sorry. Go on.
2: No, I, I mean, and then of course, obviously, you know, another player that we're going to be excited about because he, he matters so much and he's going into a contract year is is Ryan Lingren i mean is Ryan Lingren I, I mean we've all seen the splits as i mentioned before we've all seen the splits when he does not play they have a 493 winning percentage and when he does play i mean this is a this is a top 3 top 4 team in the east when he does yep. play and he means everything he's we talked about dirty work earlier He's that kind of guy we talked about being, you know, we talked about a little bit of toughness, a little bit of sandpaper to this team, man. Like, like, like Ryan Lindgren does so much that does not show up on the stat sheet. And I, it it feels nice that people, I feel like Ranger fans, like finally appreciate this guy the way that they should. I feel like it took him a little bit longer because, you know, he's not, you know, he's not making the cool passes like Panarin. He's not you know he's not scoring 5 goals in a game like Zibanejad. Jad. He's not doing the cool stuff. He's not he's not cool. Let's be real. Like and I don't mean that in like a nasty way. Like he's not doing the cool stuff, but he's doing the winning stuff. And winning is not always it it doesn't always look cool, but winning sells, baby. Winning sells. It's got to be sexy.
1: It's got yeah, to be, be done sexy. Yeah, how does
2: it so, and and all lap, the ice? Guys. And off the
1: ice, I think Ryan Lindgren, going back to the real quick, just I think Ryan Lindgren is not the coolest dude on the ice. I feel like yeah. off the ice, he's got to be one of the coolest dudes. But that's a, yeah. that's oh, a, kinda, absolutely. That's a topic
0: for another day absolutely. that we have. Yeah, I mean, look, the way he's toughs everything out, the the amount of
2: respect in that locker room is probably through the roof. It's insane. It's insane. They, insane. They truly appreciate him. And, yeah. and you can really tell. That any chance that they can give that Broadway hat to him, they do. Any yeah. chance. Even when he has even if like Panarin has the hat trick or, you know, Chris Kreider has two tip ins and, you know, the Rangers win two nothing and he's got both goals and Shesterkin standing on his hand, on his hand, yeah. his head. Um, They, they say, you know, you know, Lindgren was out in front. He was blocking those shots. He, you know, he shut down, you know, Sidney Crosby on the other side. He shut down, you know, Nico Heischer or, or uh, you know, who, whoever was out there. He, he was, yeah. you know, he was nails tonight. Like they, you know, he, he got into that fight when, you know, that dirty hit or whatever the case may be, or he's just, I, I appreciate him so much. And I i, I hope yeah. they, it's going to be tough. Be, it's going to be tough. And I know the cap is supposed to go up four and a half million dollars after this year. It's going to be tough, but I really do hope they find a way to keep him here for another few years. Not for sure. And then your last guy, Dan, that was, that was your I mean, those were you pretty much theory? my two guys and like yeah. uh, and my other That's X factor right. wasn't, Those were really my two guys. Uh, I I had, and then I had mentioned before, the five on five scoring. I I, I keep going back to it. That is, guys, like I'm going to nail this in all season as we keep going. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be annoying. And you're all going to sit there and love it because that is going to be the difference between this team being a second round team, uh, you know, being, you know, Fighting tooth and nail with Jersey and Carolina and, mm-hmm. and 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 you know Pittsburgh always finds a way into the playoffs. Pittsburgh, uh, yeah. the the Penguins are just like the Steelers; they just always find a way, just to be over five hundred, be in the playoffs. I I, I don't get it, but yeah. but uh, that's going to be the difference. That yeah, is going to yeah, be I'm the sure. difference. It's that it, that's the. Uh, I mean, so I I mean yeah. They're just going to have to find a way.
0: Yeah. Um, so here's what I'm going to say. I think two of my guys are going to be homers and you guys are going to be like, oh my God, this is basic, but I'm basic sometimes, man. I'm going to go list all three and I'll talk about all three of them. So the first guy that I think is, I'm excited to watch. And it's just because of how great and talented he is. is Igor man. He is just so much fun to watch. He's that. exciting. He's unbelievable. And you know, it, they've been so lucky to have him. My next guy is, and I think this is the most important thing. The guy that was robbed of the Norris last year um and adam fox i think if you look at his his numbers defensively and offensively he was not as good offensively as carlson because carlson just all he does is play offense defensively it was like night and day between the two of them man i don't care if he's like oh he played on a bad team it doesn't matter if you're a minus 27 for the season dude you're the best defenseman you should still keep it to plus minus three or four like there's no reason why you can't do that you're one of the best defenses in the league prove it at um, least be even think,
2: man like yeah, at least be even
0: exactly Exactly. So I got Adam Fox, and then my third person. I'm super excited to see play is Blake Wheeler. Um. So I'll start talking about. I'll start talking with Igor about Igor first. You know, I think Igor is so important to this team, as we all know that already. That's not really putting a, a, anything out there. That's crazy. Um. No, but I think Igor Shosturkin is so so vital. And seeing him play and just the way he plays goalie, it's so special to watch. And you know, he'll take this team as far as he can. He's gonna need help along the way, but this dude can. This dude can literally do anything you want from him. Uh, The next guy is Adam Fox. This dude is so, 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 so important, man. He is so good at hockey. He is going to put up a 90 plus points this year. He's going to be that good. And, you know, and I disagree. I forget. I think it was AJ talked about it. I would like the idea of Miller and Fox, but both of them kind of have these offensive mindsets. I kind of like having the defensive guy with them so they can feel a little more comfortable going up both those guys, because they both got the speed and the talent to go up and take it up the ice and, you saw Keandre last year do what he did, taking it from behind the net, going around people, scoring against Philadelphia. It was filthy, absolutely filthy. Um, I like no, so I think disgusting. Adam. Yeah, so I think Adam Fox is going to be so important because he's so defensively smart I and mean, he's just has such a great hockey IQ. Because if he's if he's playing if he's playing his best hockey, there's no reason why this team can't finish at least top three in the division. And if he's not playing his best hockey and they still make the playoffs, then that's testament to this team. But he's so important. If he's, if he's playing the way we expect him to play, know he can play, this team can be a top three. They can even, like you said, I think if he's playing, if he's playing his best hockey, Igor's playing his best ho- hockey, and Panarin's playing their best hockey, they can be top of the division, no doubt, in my mind. And my last guy is Blake Wheeler. He brings this veteran leadership that they have not had, well, that they've had sort of, but he's different. He can do everything. He kind of reminds, like, you know, him and Chris crider are very similar. He may not be as fast. He grinds. He goes in front of the net he can shoot. He plays defensively, you know, and he's had a lot of winning in his career. Um coming from Atlanta to go to Winnipeg and do what he did in Winnipeg, he was absolutely fantastic for that team every year he's played. And he's had some really good point scoring seasons and I don't I'm not expecting him to go out and put 75 points out there. No. No. Give me no. 20 and 50. That's what I'm hoping. Give me 20 and 50, which I think is very doable for him. And I think that he, him playing, especially with a La or playing with a coolie, like these guys are gonna do learn so much from this dude. How to be professional, how to be a veteran, how to play in this league. And I think that's super important. Um, so I think those are my three guys that I'm most excited to watch play. I think they're also probably three of the most important players on this team. You know, yeah. um, so to segue out of this, you know, we're kind of getting towards the end of our podcast here today. Um, let's hear about Let's go to your X factor on the season. We'll go to predictions where you think the Rangers are going to end up. Where you think the Metro is going to end up? You know, if we want to do some playoff predictions, we can. We don't have to. Um, and then I also want to hear your bold predictions. I think this is huge. So I guess we'll start with. Uh, let's start with talking about where the Rangers are going to end up in the season predictions for the Metropolitan Division. And if you guys feel inclined, we can also go talk about, you know, playoff matchups. Who you think they're going to play? Like, where do you think we're going to end up here? Yeah.
2: No. I- I like it. Um, no, I definitely like it. Uh like I said, I, I think the Rangers are gonna be one of the two best teams in the Metropolitan Division this year. Um I I just I, I, I like I like the Hurricanes. I, I, I think they're built for the postseason. They don't have the goaltending advantage that the other teams, even just like the Islanders, have in the division. Um I think the Rangers I, you know, it depends who you ask. You you know, some people say Sorokin. Some people say uh, Shisterkin, uh, you know, is the best goaltender in the NHL or, you know, even Ottinger, even Ottinger in Dallas. Like, you know, some people, some there's one of those you three. Can't get, you a lot. cannot forget Vasilevsky either. I know, I know Vasilevsky, yeah, and Vasilevsky definitely deserves his flowers. Yeah. Um, It's just hard. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm more talking about going into the season. I know Vasilevsky is going to miss about half the season. So it's kind of tough to kind of put them in there right now. So I'm more going. I'm more leaning towards more towards forward into the season. But Vasilevsky definitely deserves his flowers. I mean, he's one of the best goaltenders of this generation, and he's given us nightmares. But uh, I, I I do expect this team to be a top two. I really do. And it, I I just I think. And this is not to sound like you know. It's not to sound like Rangers boy or anything like that. But but you know. When you're the devils, right? You're the devils. I I get it. They scare us. And if we get them in a short series again, it'll be scary. Um, It's a lot easier to be the hunter than to be the hunted. They snuck up on people. Now they have a target. Now teams know. It's so I kind of just want to see before, you know, I get all devils crazy and all this and that, you know, everybody like how, how does that team react to being the hunted and not the hunter anymore? Cause it's a lot easier to be the underdog than when it's all right, well now you've done it. So like, gotta start now. It's like, Hey, do it again. Like, and we know you're good. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see that portion. I think the Rangers know how to handle success a little bit better. Uh, I think, I think, um, I just think Carolina doesn't have the scoring punch and the goaltending that the New York Rangers have. And that's, that's why I think it's going to be, I think that's why I think the Rangers are going to be one of the one of the top two in the metropolitan division. All so
1: right. yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can follow up on that, Nick, if you want. So, um yeah, go for it. yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think the Rangers definitely have the tools to be number one in this in this division. Um, I can see it's funny because for our where we see them in the the whole, how everything goes, I could see this team, and this is gonna be my real take. I can see this team being anywhere from one in the division to missing the playoffs. Now, I don't think they miss the playoffs. I don't think they should miss the playoffs. But that being said, I mean, what happens if Igor goes down? What happens if we lose Fox? What ha- Now, health is extremely important to the success of this team. Oh, now, yeah. additionally, aside from health, what happens if? Capokaco doesn't take another step forward. Alexi Lafreniere doesn't take a step forward. You know, we've seen Filipino get injured a couple times. You know, that poor kid has had some bad. You know, I don't I don't think it's a he's soft thing. I think it's he's got bad luck sometimes when it comes to some of these injuries, and that's gonna happen, right? Um, so again, this piggybacking off of what you guys were talking about before, this team goes as far as Igor goes, right? I think Absolutely. Igor Igor staying healthy, playing. And now, we also don't want to abuse Igor, too, right? Let's get this guy a healthy 50 to 55 games, right? Now, am I exactly ecstatic about having Jonathan Quick start? Um, let's say it was 55 games that Igor's playing. That means uh, Quickie is going to be playing 27 games, right? Am I exactly excited and ecstatic for that? No. but. The last thing we need to do is have Igor playing 60 to 65 games. That way come playoff time, he's going to be burnt out. And we listen, we've seen it. Igor's a dog. He's going to push. He's going to give everything he has every single night. I would rather have him a little fresher, have quick start a lot more games in the in the uh, regular season and have him ready for playoffs. Igor come that time. Um, that being said, though, this team really goes as far as Igor goes. Um so, I, I, like I said, I can see this team going anywhere from missing the playoffs via bad luck all the way to number one dog in the Metro Division. And and, and the last point I'll say before I hand it off to you, Nick, is that,
0: yeah.
1: you know, um, uh, what were you talking uh, You said before about Igor Shostakovich and, you know what, well, Nick, I'm going to hand it off to you now because I actually just completely yeah. lost my train of thought. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it in a minute. It's all right. It'll yeah. come back to me.
0: Nah. So, I'm going to do my standings a little bit differently. I'm gonna go from bottom to top. So I think the bottom of the division is the Flyers, followed by the Blue Jackets. Okay. Followed by the hmm, I'm gonna go followed by Washington, the Caps. Yeah. The Islanders, Penguins, Canes, Rangers, Devils. I think okay. the Rangers end up the Devils win this division. I, as much as it kills me to say, because I can't stand that team, they're very good. They're very talented. They're very quick. They're very fast. And I think that I think Schmee can do it during their season for them. I don't know if that's their guy, but I also am nervous. I think they're going to go after Hella Buck at some point. I think they realize they're going to need a goalie. And they're oh, going to go no. get somebody. Oh. So, so I'm not even going to put that. I don't want to put that bad juju out oh. there, but that's kind of where my mindset is with them. Um, No, oh, man. I think the Rangers are a top. I think they're the second best team in this division. I really do. I completely forgot about Sessia being out to start the year two. And I just don't see Carolina. I think Carolina can beat down on teams like with the way they style they play. And, you know, I just, the Rangers have too much talent. They're too so, good. They have one of the best goalies in the world, if not the best goalie in the world. And I just, you know, I could see them playing the Canes in round one, and then I think I see them playing either New Jersey or New
2: Jersey It's a bad matchup in a wild card and they lose. Um, well, let me so ask I, you then. Yeah. Sorry. Let me ask you. So, why do you have, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you talked about Carolina's playing style, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, I just want to, no, 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 I just want to, I just want to get your train of thought yeah. here because I, I, I like your, I like your, I, I, I like your stack. Yeah. I actually kind of think the Islanders are better than the Penguins still. I agree. I, I think they are. Agree. The Islanders. I mean, you know, the island. Listen, I get it. The Islanders are one injury to Matt Barzell away from that ship sinking, but yeah. they do have a goaltender that's that isn't equal yep. to what the yeah, Rangers have. You cannot make I, the argument he is the best goaltender in the NHL, as we see, I speak. guess my thought you process. Is, but they play uh, the same okay. playing style as Carolina, and they have a little bit yeah. more of a scoring punch, don't you think, with Bo Horvat in the fold for a whole – you don't think so? I mean, that's fine. You I guys think can just, Bo Horvat yeah.
0: is one of the most overrated players in this, in this league. Oh, wow. Wow. I
2: think he's, I think he's yeah. fine. I think in the right situation,
0: he can be an excellent player. But if you're relying on Matt Barzell than Bo Horvat, you're in trouble. I like Matt Barzell. Barzell's fantastic. But Bo Horvat being your number two guy, I don't really necessarily agree with that. I can see him. He's a top six winger on most teams or forward on most teams. I 100% agree with that. But you need to put him in a situation where he's playing with a Panarin or you put Bo Horvat with a Jack Hughes. You know, somebody that can be the one guy and he's just there to compliment it. You know what I mean? In Vancouver, he was huge for them there. And that's just because it was Vancouver. It's not – to me, that market is big because it's Canada. But he just – Maybe he meshed well with J.T. Miller. Maybe that was just a good combination. Maybe that was why he was so successful. I just don't think that's successful. I think that Pittsburgh's scoring punch is a lot better than the Islanders' scoring punch. And in, in Pittsburgh, as bad as their goaltending is, probably like I don't I don't Tristan in Jari, they can outscore their problems for the regular season games. And I just I know Sorokin's really good, but if they if anybody gets three past Sorokin, I guarantee that team's under five hundred. Guarantee it. So that's why I think I picked the Islanders under the Penguins. Okay. And that's fair. my thought process.
2: So. And you are right, but uh, you are right. It's just that uh, it's just that I, I actually think it's just that, you know, we, we talked about Carolina's playing style and the Islanders are very much like the same. Um, I think they do like Lane Lambert. I think they respond well to him. And and you might be right about Pittsburgh still kind of having a little bit more of a scoring punch. But like my whole thing is, is that like, yes, they have the names, they have the big players, like all that. Like, you know, uh, I mean, Jake Gensel is a Rangers killer. And yeah. you know obviously – you know, the greatness of Crosby, Malkin and latang that core. And then yeah. you do add Carlson to the fold, but it, it, you know, they are older and they are slower and, and this is a young man's sport. Are they yeah. their average age? We talked about this, you know, we talked about this when we were just talking yesterday together, Um, you know, off offline and, and, you know, just it, they, their average age is almost 31 years old. You know, does th- that, that does matter towards, you know, being able to score and scoring punches and they score a lot of, I mean, they do score a lot of goals on the power play. As well. They do get a lot of their offense from that power play of having, you know, the greatness of Sidney Crosby and the greatness of Geno Malkin and you know, Jake Gensel and, and Letang. So I I mean you guys I mean you guys tell me, like, you know, hey, like I mean you guys I mean we might have to agree to disagree at this point, but like I, I think the Islanders have one of the two wild card spots. That's me. And I, I don't know if Pittsburgh's yeah. gonna make the playoffs because they're just so old and like it's gotta catch up at some point, right? Like, it's got yeah, to. I, I yeah.
0: get it. No, 100%. I think that that's a very valid point. I just, I don't know, man. I think you see Sidney Crosby in the way that he plays. And he just, he still is a top five player in this league. And it's pretty incredible to me. And usually when you have one of those guys, you are more likely to be a playoff team than not. And I just, I just, I think they have enough. I think that as much as Carey Carlson doesn't really play much defense, I think he's going to succeed a lot more than we think he is in Pittsburgh. In regards to scoring points, I think that a guy, like I think that that their defense is not going to be very good. But if you're going to go in a relay race with them, they can beat you. And I think that if the Islanders get down early and they're chasing, like you saw with Carolina, and Carolina is chasing, they can't do anything. No, they're not. The Islanders are going to no, have enough to get them in the spot where they're not chasing every game.
1: Yeah,
0: I think that's why my thought process is like that with Pittsburgh.
1: And I think they're going to make teams chase. Honestly, uh. I was Dan. I was on your side in terms of, um, you know, I think the Islanders get that final wild card spot. But the more and more we talk about it, I I think this is one of those those uh, battles within the division that it, it can really go either way. Because I honestly kind of agree with both of you and what you're saying. And that I think Sorokin is an extreme advantage over Jari, especially given that Jari has had health issues, you know, or staying healthy issues rather. I think Jari is a good goaltender, but the problem for him, and as a guy who also owns him in fantasy, he's just not always healthy. He's just not always in the net, right? So I I can see it going to either team. I do think Pittsburgh is a significantly better in terms of scoring team. I think when you're a special player like Sidney Crosby, going back to what you guys were saying about father time eventually catching up, special players like Sidney Crosby can play until they're 40 because even though he's, what, 36, 37, he put up 90-something points last year. Like this guy guy out there.
2: He and is not the smartest slowed, guy on the ice.
1: He is not slowed down, right? So He's
2: the smartest guy out there when he plays.
1: You talk about all those forwards. You talk about now adding Eric Carlson, one of the best offensive D-men in the league. On top of the fact you already have Chris Letang, you know, I, I don't think it takes much for the Pittsburgh Penguins to be successful. They have a really good. And I also think they have the coaching advantage, right? You're talking about Lane Lambert versus a guy that we were all hoping got fired so we can maybe hire him in the offseason and Mike Sullivan. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. So it's true. Yeah. I see it going either Mike way Sullivan I, is a very good coach. He is. I guess,
1: yeah. So yeah. I, I think you can't discredit that. I think you could see it going either way. Um, yeah. But either way, both both really good teams. And then yeah. going back to Horvat, I, I think Horvat is a, a decent player, but I'm kind of with Nick on this one. I think Horvat's a little overrated. Right. The the most points that Horvat has ever scored in a season was um, a couple. Of, I don't know if it was last year or a couple years ago. I think it was actually last year where he scored 70 points. They traded a boatload to get this guy. They traded a prospect, a first-round pick, and a Bavillier. player. They
2: traded Bavillier. Yeah, yeah. They gave up on yep. him finally.
1: Yeah. Yep. And, and look what he did in, in Vancouver. He was a little better, right? But going back to Horvat, I think Horvat is a fine player. I don't know that he's an $8.5 million a year player. But that being said, you are more than welcome to play for the Islanders if that's based on what I just said. Your production and how many points you put up over the years. I'm completely fine with that, um, but yeah, as far as that last wild card spot goes or one of those wild card spots, I could see it go either way, really.
2: So, yeah, uh, speaking yeah. of the last wild card spot, so I actually think Tampa Bay is going to be in that mix to fight for a wild card spot. Do they, get, do they hold up the ship enough until Vasilevsky gets back to potentially, because I don't think, I think the ceiling in the regular season for the lightning this year is going to be that third spot in the Atlantic division Uh, with the Vasilevsky injury. I I do, you know, I do still think I do still think Toronto gets one of those three spots. I mean, Boston is Boston's awesome. Uh, Yeah. No, I, I, I wonder, I I am interested in Boston though. Can we, can I, can we just talk about that a little bit? Like for a second, I'm a little interested And so, how they respond to everything that happened last year. Yeah. Because so, that's a tough spot. I think this. So, I think that Tampa, first of all, I agree. I think
0: Tampa, but I think yeah, Tampa's way too talented to not be in that mix. So, I think they're a wild card team in the third spot in that division. Easy. They're just way too talented. They're way too good. Braden Point's too good. Victor Hemond's a stud. He's awesome. Um, Steven Stamkos is still unbelievable. Sergei good player Surger too. Is great. I, yeah. just, they just a good of a roster, and uh, so I think that that's almost a no-brainer for me. They're just even without Vasilevsky, Brian Elliott is a suitable guy. He can play thirty games for you, forty games for you, and he can be—he can—he can be five hundred for you, you know, which is all I really need to do, you know, because till Bazilevsky is back, is be five hundred, and if they can go on a nice run the last forty games in the season, go win twenty-five of forty. And then have points in 31 of their 40 games, which I think is very possible for that team. They can do that. Um, you know, but no, I think, See, now that's my odd man out is Boston. I think Omar just thrived on how good the defense was last year. I think Omar is a good goaltender. He's a starter in this league and he can be in the competition for top 10 goalies for sure. But he kind of just, I, he that this came out of nowhere. Like, there was no, like, kind of like, oh, like, he is a potential elite goalie. There's none of this. There's none of, like, he was just – it came out of nowhere. And you saw Swayman did almost as good as he did every time he's in the net. Credit to that team. They lost a lot of leadership. They lost a lot of good – I think Bergeron and Krejci are huge.
2: So you think they're – Their center depth is
0: absolutely awful.
1: You think they're the ass team out. Yeah, you 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 go from you go from yeah. Bergeron and Krejci to now your top your top center is Zaka. So I, I I listen, I have Swayman in fantasy. I hope at least he does well. Um, going back to to Tampa, part of me part of me can kind of see them going out and getting a goaltender because honestly, I, Nick, I kind of disagree with you there. I I think they go one of two ways. I think either they realize Elliott is probably – the game is kind of past him a little bit. He's just like a backup every other kind of night kind of kind of guy or every other couple nights kind of guy at this point. I think they either go out and get a goaltender or they have to really figure out – and listen, John Cooper, credit to him, fantastic yeah. head coach. No, absolutely. If any If anybody can do it, it's John Cooper. Maybe yeah. they start looking towards a little more defense and start winning games – you know if they're really helping out on the defensive side of the puck to structure around being around yeah. Brian Elliott maybe they're scoring max three goals a game but they're only giving up one or two right yeah so um but honestly i think the atlantic is probably a little more of a competitive division this year than the than the metro yes.
0: um the very I, top heavy
1: i think the metro is very top heavy as well i don't think i don't think i don't See, when it comes to play uh, teams like Pittsburgh, you always have that fear of intelligent players like Sidney Crosby, Geno Malkin, Jake. And so that being said, I don't know that any team in the East, if they have to play either the Islanders or the Pittsburgh Penguins, is really, really scared. Right. Like we talked yeah. about with the Devils before. Teams are scared of and fans alike are scared of the devil's speed. They have speed. They have scoring. They have an intelligent player like Jack Hughes you know the the biggest co- the biggest question as we talked about before for those top two teams those other top two teams are carolina and um jersey is the goaltending right that being said i don't know the rangers always kind of handle carolina i could see carolina slipping to maybe like the 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 third spot in the in the metro um i do think uh, this is actually going back to before about the whole the breakout x factors and whatnot mm-hmm. Or bold predictions, rather, I could see the Rangers becoming the top spot because we always handle Carolina. And similar to like when the Rangers last year took a step back, right? They went from second to third. Maybe you see that a little bit from the Devils, right? The Devils have, like you said before, Dan, the hunted versus the hunter, the the hunted versus the hunter. Yep. So maybe maybe they slip a little bit. That's that's natural, right? So. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, I I think the East is going to be a fun conference to watch this year. I think that Atlantic division, you could see a couple different teams. I know Detroit made a couple moves in the offseason to brink it. You know, um they re-signed Dylan Larkin. I think they have some guys coming up. Um you you could really see anything happen in that Atlantic division. Um so the conference, the Eastern conference I think is just going to be so much fun to watch this year.
0: No, 100 percent So I okay so here's what we're going to do now. I think we should segue into one X factor for the Rangers. I know we've talked a lot about a lot of people. So give me your your big X factor. It could be a it could be the five on five play. It could be a player. And then we segue into both predictions. Uh, even though I think AJ just kind of gave his in a way, you know. Um, but we can just segue into that. Um, so why don't we start with the X Factors? Um, I'll actually do this one off. You know, so I think the biggest X factor for this team is going to be that guy that just shaved his head. I think Arkane Panarin is the most important player on this roster this season. He it, needs to go out there and he needs to play out of his mind. I want to see 105 points out of him this year. I want to see him go out there and be like, you guys can't forget about me. I'm still that player. I am still that good. And I think he's the biggest extra. I think he's putting up points. You know, you're going to get yours from Zvenejad. You know, you're going to get yours from Kreider. You know you're going to get years from Wheeler. You know Igor's going to be good. But if he can go out there and he can be that guy that's like, we got to put our best guys out there, that opens up things for Saban, John, and Kreider. That opens up things for Lafreniere and Edel. Like These are guys that need the open space and need the idea of like, oh, like we got to worry about this guy. He needs to go out there and be a threat every single time he's on the ice. So he's my biggest X factor for this season, 100%. Okay.
2: Okay. So my... So, I've already kind of given my biggest X factor. I'm going to nail in the whole five on five thing. I'm not going to beat you guys. I'm not going to beat you guys over the head with it. I'm not going to continue to do that. Winning face offs. Yeah. Winning face offs. Okay. Self explanatory. Winning face offs. This team has had struggled for years, especially in the postseason, to win faceoffs in big spots. Winning face offs. There's a reason why Trocek has a big contract, there's a reason why Filipino. Just got a nice little four-year deal. There's, you know, because of Jet has a big contract for a reason, and you bought in Nick Bonino for a reason to be the fourth-line center. Win face-offs in big spots. I'm just yeah. so tired of, in short series, seeing that stuff. It just gets, it's irritating. It doesn't get the, you know, it doesn't get the power play going. You can't establish your five-on-five zone times and things like It all starts in that face-off dot. Yeah,
1: no, I, I agree with you, Dan. I think, but see, and actually something I wanted to talk about that I, I forgot to bring up before, this is one of the reasons why you bring in a guy like Michael Pekka, right? Yeah. A guy that, that was too. in the Islander system for a little bit. This is a guy that was a, a fantastic defensive forward. Um, and one of the things he was brought in to do was to help improve the Rangers on face-offs, right? So going back to um, like the like bold predictions per se, I think, because we're doing X factors right now, we're bold predictions, guys.
2: We're gonna do X factors then go into both predictions. Yeah, so give, yeah, okay. finish up with the x factors and then we'll we'll get into both predictions. and yeah, don't worry, Got it. yeah,
1: so no, i'm I'm totally with you, Dan. I'm on uh, five versus five play. I said it before. Um, you know, uh, also with Igor staying healthy. I think if Igor stays healthy, that's an X factor because again, we talked about it. He goes down. The team kind of goes down. And then just the kids, right? We we already talked yeah. about it. We're we've been hitting the the nail on the head. This is the point that everybody's been making for I don't even know how long. Filipino, Alexi Lafreniere, and Kapokako can have sixty point seasons. I think this team is a great team. Yeah. Okay. No,
0: for
2: sure. I, I can't. Um, I mean, I, I,
0: I yeah. I can't, can't disagree with you, man. With
2: I Can't yeah. disagree with either one of you guys. I mean, I mean, there's just so many factors. There's so many x yeah. factors there to. That really just make that good team into that great Stanley Cup winning team. This is a huge year for this team because of the fact that you know
0: you gotta prove that you're gonna go out there and do this. If not, and this team can't do this, then you're gonna see some pretty big moves happen in this off season. You've got to show you can go on another run with this team. That this core can't get it done. You've given this core now three straight years, four straight years, whatever it'll be, and they haven't gotten it done yet, or at least shown the can get we can be consistently in the running. There, this, this, you can see some shakeups now. I don't think it's going to be Zabenna gone, but there are going to be shakeups to this roster if they can't find a way to get out of the wild card. Either they get to the wild card and lose in four or five, or they don't make the playoffs. Um, so I guess we go with bold predictions. Uh, let's. I, I'm gonna leave this. I think AJ want to get into it, so I'll let AJ lead this off, and then yeah. we'll go around.
1: Yeah, I think my bold prediction, outside of the Rangers winning the Metro, as we talked about before. I see capo taking over for Vincent Trocheck on that top power play unit. Um, I like Vincent Trocek as a player. I like that he can win face-offs. That being said, if the most important part uh, that you're bringing to a power play unit is winning a faceoff, to me, that's a little bit of a problem, right? They need another playmaker on that top power play unit. And I don't think, as much as I love Vincent Trocek, I don't think he's that guy. So, Somebody might have to come in, win the face-off, but I could truly see Kapokako taking over for Vincent Trocek on that power play unit by 10 games into the season. You know, you are talking about a guy who, as we talked about before, he can hold on to pucks, he can find passing lanes. He's a, like, Kapokako, from where he started out to where he is now, he looks like he went from a boy to a man. Like, you, I have not seen a guy so often hold on to pucks with – a defender, maybe even two draped on him, and he just continues to just skate around them. Like, he, he's playing basically keep away. Like, you know? So I think that's what the top power play unit needs. They need another guy who can keep the puck in the zone. Who, and listen, we, we saw it in the preseason a little bit, right? Kapokako is mm-hmm. a little bit of a wrist shot on him. That was one of the things in his scouting report back when the Rangers were going to go draft him at two. They It was said that he has... Scoring potential, so I want to see either Capo Caco or Alexi Lafreniere on the top power play unit. That being said, I think it's Capo Caco.
2: Yeah, I got gotcha. you, Dan. What do so you want man? I mean, I, I'm definitely, I definitely AJ. I think I'm gonna pick. Uh, I think I'm gonna piggy. I'm gonna piggyback off of uh what you said right there. Um, yeah, I think I know. There's there's no such thing as this award in in the NHL but Capococco will be the most improved player in the National Hockey League this year. That's one. And the Rangers are going to win the division. They are absolutely, they're going to win the division and will play in the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow, they will, be, the back. Right there. They will be back. They will be back. I love they that. They will be back in the Eastern Conference Finals again. I would love that. And they will be
0: playing. They will be playing
2: the Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: Wow! Wow! Yes. They will be playing
2: that. the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. All I right. genuinely believe yeah. it. I I really do because that's something. Listen, man. Listen. You know what? I, I want to give this team... I have faith that this team is a little pissed off that they got embarrassed by New Jersey and the way that they lost that series. I think that's going to be the biggest test on the way. But I I just... I, I just have to believe it, right? Like, this this group has pride. Like, this is a... Like, you know what I mean? Like, this group has pride. Like, this group has you know, this group has vets, these guys, there's, there's guys that have won in that room. There's guys that have played in Stanley cups. There's guys that, uh, I mean, I, I just, I just have to believe that there's, I just have to believe that, like he said, you have to do so much. You you have to lose before you learn how to win. They've gone through so much. It's gotta be, it's gotta be time at some point, right?
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I totally get that. I think that, uh, that's crazy. I I would go nuts if that happened, man. I'd be so happy. I'm so, I am can't wait to have Rangers so make Leafs Conference Final. Um, that would be great. So here's my bold prediction of the season. Is that Capo Caco is going to score 35-plus and have 70-plus points. Which would then mean the Rangers are successful and are going to make it run. Awesome. So I think that's my whole prediction. I think that Capo Caco is about to go out there and he's about to say, hey, look, I need to get paid now, too, and I'm going to show it's you my turn. i want to get paid and i deserve it it's my turn and that's it and you know what if he can't go out there and prove he can put up 60 points 30 goals this season then maybe it is time to move on so i think the bold prediction is though i think he's going to sign a nice contract after the season i think he's going to have a 35 plus 70 plus point year and it's 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 going to be a fun run it's going to be absolutely fantastic so we're all
2: buying high on capo i guess because yeah well, i mean we kind of well, have was in room. all of ours and you kind of have to you just you have choice. to at some point. Right. Right, guys. Like, like at some point you have to. Right. Yeah. No, for yeah. sure.
0: Um. Any last thoughts before we close this up?
2: I can't I wait for a... Thursday, man.
0: I'm so excited, guys. I am That's so my excited. last
2: thought. I can't wait for Auntie Thursday. Back, baby. Yeah. I can't uh, wait. I cannot wait. It's just going to be nice to be able to sit down. You know, you have them on one TV you know, you get a little Thursday night football on the other get a nice little you know that's that's nice right there that's just a nice yeah. setup It's a Hell nice yeah. gentleman setup and maybe you know if you're or maybe you know if uh you know get a couple baseball series to get to game 5 you know you have that on too or yeah. you know, on the other TV so you never know so um, year, I'm I'm just excited to just see this team um they yeah. you know They, they, I I just, I I just feel good. I just feel good about this team. I, I don't like, I don't, I, 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 I just don't think they deserve to, um, they deserve to have people down on them. They've done a lot. They've bought in, you know, you know, they've, they understand the situation. They understand their window and they're trying to take advantage of it as best as possible. No, for sure. they, are. they are. Yeah. How
0: about you, AJ, anything
1: else to before I wrap up? Rangers are going to win the cup this year, baby. <laughs> yes. I got them on a ticket. I got them on a ticket. 16 to one, baby. I'm excited. Um, we got, we got one of the best goalies Let's in the go. world. We got to listen. A yeah. lot of te- A lot of people are down on this team. Rightfully so last two seasons I haven't mean. gone our way, but that I being said, And I love that. Hey, listen, underdog mentality. Nobody's taking the Rangers seriously. As listen, I know we said before that people are looking at the Ranger or the the numbers, right? Ten point six percent of making the Stanley Cup. But if you ask fans around the league, how many people are truly looking at the Rangers as a cup winner even cup contender, right? I'm so. seeing
2: a lot of people pick oh, well. Carolina to come out of the East this year. I'm seeing a lot of people. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people pick, um, you know, Carolina, Toronto, uh, you know. Two, the two of you know team. You know, I mean, there's people that are pick, you know, that are buying the Devils' Kool-Aid, and they should rightfully, so, rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, the Devils, you know, the, the the Devils have a really good roster, and it's just that, it's just that when, it's just that you know, with the Devils, like you saw when they got up against that heavy, heavy team like Carolina, they it didn't. It wasn't as fun, right? It wasn't as fun. No. It wasn't as fun. And I think the. I'm telling you, I really think the Rangers learned a lot from that series. And I know their offseason moves might not feel that way. And it's kind of worried me, you know, the whole team speed aspect. And, you know, I know we touched on it earlier in the pod, but it's just, uh, you know, it, it, I, I do think they learned. And Blake Wheeler is here for a reason. Gustafson is here for a reason. Nick Benino yeah. is here for a reason. And it's the small little things that I think that jury, and the jury and Sather and the entire front office realized from up above. And they, you know, they made sure, Hey, like, you know, we don't have much room because we have a whole bunch of kids and people we need to pay, but mm-hmm. we can get guys that these are a little bit of their strengths so that we can address it a little bit more. The small details matter. No, for sure. I agree. Um, so, Hey
0: boys, this was a lot of fun. Thank you That's all awesome. for joining us on our first episode. Uh, pa, we'll be back baby. next week. We'll be up back next week. Um, hopefully, we'll be posting Monday or Tuesday. So just keep your ears out. Uh, for AJ, for Dan, I'm Nick. Have a great week, guys, and let's go Rangers.
2: Hey, let's go Rangers, baby. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. We're <laughs> good, guys.